Welcome back to Scotland Talks, bringing you less stress and more success with the power of joy. Joy in your job, joy in your life. Thank you for joining me here again today. Today I am talking with Doug Lawrence about the joy of mentoring. So if you've ever thought about mentoring and wanting to give back, or if you think you might be able to use some yourself, this is a great podcast for you today. So stay tuned in. Um, In the meantime, please like and subscribe to keep this content coming uh, and follow me on my social media at Anne Scotland. And remember, my new book is out, Live for Joy, beautiful book. Um, I will get to tell you even more about that in upcoming episodes, but you can check it out on my website and scotland.com. So let's get right to it, the power of mentoring. So welcome, Doug Lawrence. Hi, Doug. Welcome today. Hello. How are you today? I am good. The sun is shining and it's a beautiful day, so that's always an extra bonus. That's good. Yes. (laughs) Um, I just want to introduce Doug to all of you viewers. Doug Lawrence is an international mentor, speaker, and author. I'm so excited to have him with us today. Uh, He's the president of Talent C, which is a people services company, and the co-founder of International Mentoring Community, which I can't wait to hear more about, International Mentoring Community. He's the author of two books, The Gift of Mentoring, and you are not alone. And I'm so glad to have you on the show today, Doug, so that we can talk about something close to my heart, joy, the joy of mentoring. Welcome. Well, thank you so much for for the opportunity. And it is a passion of mine as well. Your book is called The Gift of Mentoring. Um, Tell us how mentoring is a gift. I look at it from the aspect of when mentoring is done properly, it is a life-changing, life-altering experience where both the mentor and the mentee are going to go through that on that journey together. And it is going to result in some life-changing for both. And, you know, we typically think that it's only the, the, the mentee, the person that's being mentored, that's going to benefit from from that experience, but it's actually both because I go through all kinds of different life-changing experiences every time I meet with somebody and and I work with them. That's amazing. So it really is the gift that is giving to the giver as much as the receiver, which I love. That's beautiful. Really beautiful. So this is such a fascinating field and I'm so glad we get to talk about this today. Um, I talk a lot about um, work-life integration. I talk a lot about finding joy in your job. And this is a really um, important aspect to, for people to consider, and maybe some of them have not considered it before. Um, and I would just ask you too, is it uncommon for someone to have a mentor and then also be a mentor to someone else? Or is that something you see more and more? It's happening more and more. In fact, some of the uh, programs that I've been involved with, we actually encourage that is, you know, that if you want to be, if you've been mentoring in the past or you've been a mentee in the past, that if you want to take a shot at mentoring somebody, then by all means, let's put that into place. And then that's where you can also set up the, the mentor of mentors is mm-hmm. somebody that can oversee the mentors and sure. be sort of be there, right, to, to say, geez, I had this person I was working with, this was the issue they presented, and I'm just, I wasn't sure how to deal with it. So 
Can you give me some guidance? Oh, that's amazing. That's such a great resource. Um, such a great community as we were talking about um, to have. So, um, so with mentors and mentoring, um, just so that our viewers can clarify a little bit around this, how is mentoring, how do you define mentoring differently from a term we hear maybe more commonly, which is coaching? So can you give us a distinction of what makes those different? Uh, you know, it's, it's, that's a, uh, a question I get asked a lot. And <laughs> I, I sort of, the best way for me to describe it is that I see uh, coaching is being done internal to the organization. Mentoring is, is external by hmm. how it is. So mm -hmm. typically, and part of the reason for that is the nature of the relationship that you're building. So when I'm mentoring somebody, we, we share things that are very close and very personal. And sometimes that's difficult to do when you have a coach and you're in within the organization. It's, it's sort of the same sort of thing. People always ask me the question, well, I'm so-and-so's supervisor. Can I mentor them? Uh, probably not because of the nature of what you talk about. You know, so you'll share some very personal uh, things like one of the th things that I will sometimes talk about in order to help break the ice is I talk about the relationship that I had or didn't have with my father. And I use that as kind of a way to break down the walls so that we can have those that conversation together. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And so... But there would be opportunities, for example, <clears throat> say someone's in a managerial position and um, they have a mentor who's outside of their organization, who's teaching them tools of management that they can bring into their organization that can help them as an individual. It doesn't affect their employment directly. It more is just bettering them as a person and as a professional. And then they could always mentor someone outside the organization as well. Someone who um, is an up and coming manager or someone who wants to learn from them. So it's, there's always a way to give as well as receive, which is kind of what I love about what I'm learning from you about mentoring is, is this flow of giving and receiving. Um, and I talk about that a lot around joy. It's not like a one-way thing. And joy is not something you can like keep to yourself and hoard. <laughs> it doesn't work. It'll just die on the vine. You have to be giving it and, and then you receive it. If anything, it's about giving it and then receiving it. So tell us, how did you get started in such an amazing and interesting career? Well, it goes back to... Uh, my very younger years, and we won't get into that discussion. So um, <laughs> I don't know. It sounds interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was actually, um, in, when I was serving in the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, I was work, I had people that worked with me and they would come in, into my office and say, you know, gee, I don't know how to deal with this. What should I do? And and I would, instead of just saying, well, do this, 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 and now away you go, you know, kind of dispense, away you go, I would take the time to sit down with them and walk through it and ask the questions along the way to help guide them to the answer instead of me telling them how to deal with it. And then I was also, at the same time, I was job coaching university or college students and, you know, would help 
build a resume, the cover letter, job or interview preparation, all of those things, they get hired. And then, you know, it'd be about two to three months down the road. And one of them would call me up and say, gee, Doug, you know, this happened to me yesterday in the workplace and I haven't got the foggiest how to deal with it. So in would kick in what I now know is mentoring and I would start to ask a bunch of questions and they'd go, oh yeah, that makes sense. Gee, thank you, Doug. And oh, by the way, so-and-so, you've helped them find a job. They've got some questions too. And it just kept going kind of referral after referral. And finally, it was a small group of them that said, you know, you should do this for a living. We can't afford to pay you, but I'm sure somebody could, but you need to do this for a living. And so kind of fast forward through my story, I ended up, I did some market research. I saw that there was definitely a a place for this, but there was also a place for a market differentiator. And that was an independent body for the certification of mentors. Hmm. And so I embarked on finding a partner, uh, an organization that does certifications. And I found one in the United States. We came to terms and we started to offer mentor certification based on primarily on knowledge. And and so as the story goes, fast forward a little bit further and they reached a point where they weren't ready to go any further. I had ment- mentors calling me and saying, we want you to take this to the next level. Nice. And the next level is we want, we want to be certified competent as mentors. And so, wow. so now what, I, or what ended up happening was ironically, I was exploring that very same idea myself. And I have been truly blessed in that I have a business partner here in Canada that that's his specialty. That's his expertise is international standards organization, the ISO standards, certification of people. That's his, that's his bailiwick. And it's just been a match made in heaven. So originally you were um, helping place people in jobs. That was the primary nature of what you were doing. Is that something that you still do or is, um, is it kind of just completely diversified from that? It, it's still part of the mentoring process. So it, it's, it's one of the, the avenues, one of the paths that you can follow. Uh, and I still get that to, you know, even to this day where um, I just, I think of a young lady that I was, she was trying to get a job and couldn't and everything else. And we went through, she was working with another mentor and then ended up being referred to me. And uh, first thing was we ended up, we had to deal with some personal growth challenges. Like there was no self-esteem, no self-confidence. There was none of that. And so we had to figure out how are we going to work our way through that and then from there, kind of tweak the resume a little bit, tweak the, the cover letter. And then she ended up, she had three offers within, you know, the next week as wow. a result. Of it. But what it took was it took that investment in her as a person. Yeah. Like being truly interested, which I think, you know, is also um, 
definitely an excellent attribute of good coaching or good teaching or good training, but in particular as a mentor, um, needing, it's not just about the content. It really is about the person you're working with. Is that what you would say? I would agree with that. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's the downfall I think for a lot of organizations is they're all always focused primarily, well, primarily they're always focused on the career development side of things and we lose sight of the person. We we, We absolutely lose sight of, you know, there may be, that person may be having not so great a day. They may have a day where there's no joy in their life. And, and then, so what do we, you know, what do we do? Well, we do nothing as, as an organization, but as a mentor, I'm going to say, I'm sensing that something's not quite right. Do we need to have a conversation or better yet? Let's go and let's grab a coffee and have a chat. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. So when does an ind- a professional individual, when would you recognize that you could use or need a mentor? Um, and how would you go about finding one? Two-part question. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's a sort of a common point of discussion is that when, when should I have a mentor? And what I, what I envision for the world is that you're, Parents act as mentors. Then you go from the family to the community. So members of the community provide that mentorship and different learning to you. You go from there to your educational organizations where you're going to school. And as you, you know, you'll start out in the, as I call them, the elementary years, you know, the grade one, two, three of school. And then you work into university or higher education. And all along that journey, you've got mentors and they keep changing because of your individual needs and the environment and that that you're working in. And then you get from at the sort of the kind of at the tail end of your life journey, you then get to the point where you're starting to give back. So all your lived experience that you've had is now being shared with those that are just working their way up that same food chain. Sure. That's that's sort of the vision that I have for mentoring. That's why it's called the gift of mentoring. Is it just it keep it can keep on giving and keep on giving as long as you know people uh, continue to to embrace it in in that regard. So, what would be the signs that a professional individual might be experiencing just in their workplace now, where they would be like, you know, this might be a really good time to get a mentor? Do you have any suggestions or clues on how to recognize that? I think that, you know, the the most important one is that when you're struggling with with an issue or a task or something like that, and you're not quite sure how to deal with it, that you will benefit immensely from going through the mentoring process. And a lot of that is it's not so much about, you know, somebody, your mentor telling you how to do something or how to fix this or deal with that. It's about asking the right questions. And I'll give you an example. A good example is, you know, you're dealing with this situation and you're not quite sure where to go with it. And your mentor all of a sudden will walk up to you and say, hmm, that looks interesting. <laughs> what, would ha- what would happen if we were to do A, B or C? 
So I've given them, in essence, three answers, but I haven't really said I would go and do A. I've, I've said, so what would happen if you were to do A, B, or C? And I've now turned it over to you to do the critical thinking to go through and say, gee, I don't know. Well, okay. If, if we were to do B, what are some of the potential outcomes? And you just, you can sort of see how that whole sequencing of questions and stories and stuff like that. And then as the mentor, I can say, you know, draw on a lived experience and I turn it into a story. You know, there was a time when, and, and go from there and use storytelling as a means to draw the person in as long as I make sure that the stories that I'm telling are relevant to the particular issue, right? But is to just draw them into that story. And as they start to see that starts to unfold a little bit better for them. And it works great. Like I've, I've seen places where senior people in an organization all of a sudden now have the free time that they didn't have before mm. because They've invested in the employee at the earlier age stage by simply taking them through that instead of saying, well, this is how you deal with it. And then Johnny comes back tomorrow with the same problem at hand and says, gee, boss, I don't know. I can't remember how to fix this. And instead of taking and sitting him down and walking Johnny through that, you feed him the answer again and you've really done nothing mm -hmm. to help them. You know, there's, Where's the joy in that? So say someone says, yeah, I would really love to have a mentor, but I have no idea where I would even begin to look for one in my, for my type of work or in my field. Where would they start? What I typically will do is I'll get them to look within the organization itself. Do they have a mentoring program? You know, is it formal, informal? All of those good things. The other part is that you know, if you're, let's say, for example, you're in the engineering field, is look to the engineering organization or the association to see if they have a mentorship program and, and go, go there to look for a mentor. Another way you can do it, too, is like I end up picking up a lot of uh, individuals by referral. Oh, yeah. Right. So referral, somebody will say, geez, I'm looking for a mentor. Well, give Doug a call and see, maybe he can help you out. And, and if I can't, like if I have no cycles myself available, then I always have somebody I can say, you know, could you help me out and maybe spend some time with this individual? I had that here just not too horribly long ago. And the individual decided they didn't want to work with me. But I said, okay, that's no problem. Can I help you find somebody? Because I, I really do care about you as a person and I want to make sure it's a good fit. Oh, yes, yes. So I did. I found them somebody that was, it was another match made in heaven, so to speak. So it worked out really well. And there's a couple websites as well. There's a, okay. a, a website called Quora, Q-U-O-R-A. Yes, I know Quora. So, yeah. I'm one of their respondents to mentoring questions. So I'm okay. answering questions uh, quite often, almost daily, I guess. And I know that's one of the questions that comes up all the time is, where do I go to get a mentor? And so I usually respond and give them all these same answers that I've just provided, uh, provided you here. It, it's a matter of 
just doing a bit of work to find somebody. That's the main yeah. thing. Um, okay, great. And then um, as far as what if someone says, now I'd like to become a mentor, but I say they are um, self-employed or an entrepreneur or say they're retired, um, how would they reach out to find people who they might be able to help? You know, same sort of thing. There's lots of uh, organizations out there that are providing mentoring as a service. Um, like I think there's there's one here in, in Canada that is uh, it's right across Canada actually, and it's for entrepreneurs. Oh, nice. And, and they provide as part of their service one of the things that I think there's a a caveat attached to funding and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but that you have to uh, to to get the funding, you have to agree to a two year uh, mentoring relationship, and they have they have a bench of mentors that they can match and assign and stuff like that. I'm actually working with a husband and wife team that are starting a plumbing business and as part of that, that very same program. So, so I, you know, the big thing is just, you have to do a bit of homework to sort of look to see where, where, you know, where you can find the mentor that you're looking for. And all I ask is, well, two things. Number one is, if you're looking at starting out as a mentor is that you make sure you get some sort of training mm-hmm. so that you have an idea around that train lack of training is one of four reasons mentoring programs fail. Mm-hmm. And so there's training online stuff that you can do. There's, you know, workshops and stuff like that, that you can go through, but it's really important that you, uh, that you actually get the training so that you understand the concepts a little bit better. Yeah, and even, you know, techniques and communication skills and um, making sure your style, you know, matching style to the person you're working with. I'm sure I'm just imagining as, you know, a teacher and coach that those are things that would come up. So um, so tell me a little bit about you're the co-founder of the International Mentoring Community. So what services does that offer and how can people get involved if they want to? Well, with the International Mentoring Community, what what that basically is in a nutshell is the independent body for mentor certification. So we offer, there's four different levels. There's the certificate of recognition, uh, certificate of achievement. Both of those are primarily knowledge-based. There's the certificate of competence mentor. And now you're into the competence part of becoming or getting certified as a competent mentor. And then the last one, is the Certificate of Competence Journey Mentor. And a journey mentor is somebody that will work with prospective mentors wanting to go through the certification process. So because it is is a structured, very rigorous process, it's kind of nice to have somebody that you can kind of say, okay, where do I go now? Or what do I do? Or how do I get this? So it's really important. The other part, of the journey mentor certification is to be part of the support structure for mental health. So I'm an advocate for mentoring to be part of mental health support structure. And actually the the second book that you had mentioned, mm-hmm. You Are Not Alone, You Are Not Alone is based on that concept. Wow, that's amazing and, and very interesting to me because 
so much of my work is around emotional wellness. Um, you know, so I'm not a therapist, but I deal mostly around the areas of emotional wellness and in the workplace as well as individually. So, so, so tell me a little bit more about that. Cause that's really fascinating. So you are not alone. What are the, what are the principles you're teaching in that book? And um, yeah, who could really benefit from that? It's the, well, the book will be applicable to just about everybody. So, <laughs> excuse me, there's a piece in there uh, around um, the benefit of, to the organization and what the organization should entertain. There's a piece in there for the person that's still in the closet and wants to come out but can't or is afraid to reach out. Uh, there's a, there's a, a story or a message in there for people that are mentors that, that want to be part of the mentoring support or sorry, the mental health support structure. So it, it, it fits into just about everybody's sort of storyline, I guess is the best way to put it. And the book is laid out so that we go through and we take a look at, you know, the history of mentoring. And then we take a look at the various types of mental health, you know, post-traumatic stress, operational stress, injury, depression, you know, all of those things right down to sort of potential outcomes such as suicide. We, you know, we kind of touch on that. And then what I do is I bring that all together. And what I do is I wrap it up and simply say that today the world is failing a lot of people because the support structures are not there. Mm -hmm. And by reaching or by implementing mentoring or bringing mentoring into the equation, you've just opened the door to a whole bunch more of resources that you were kind of not even going there beforehand. And so it goes, and we have, I forget what I had in there, four or five case studies. But what's also interesting was I interviewed, I think it was five or six people for the book and their story just drives home everything that I'm hoping to say, get people to hear. They, they all did an absolutely admirable job in the interview process of telling the story of how, you know, mental health has impacted their life. And, and then, of course, I have my own story, which is, you know, pr pretty intense as, as well. But the book, the book itself will, it'll touch on a nerve or, or a pain point in, in every single person that picks the book up and goes to read it. Mm. They're, they're going to see themselves in that in that book. That's amazing. So would you say, um, so around the mental wellness piece, so mentoring to a great extent is around content and learning. Um, so what, what, how big is the relational piece? Um, you know, having another human being in your life, who's on your team, who's your fan, who's a support system, how critical is that to the process and, and even to the book you're talking about? Well, it's huge. I mean, it comes back to what mentoring is all about, right? It's a two-way trusted relationship. That's and amazing. so this, the same sort of thing for when you start to branch off into the mental health space, one of the messages or a couple of the messages that I heard from people as I was, what prompted me to go down this path was, you know, one of the main things that is missing is people that know how to listen. 
And one of the main attributes of an effective mentor, of a, a certified mentor, is that you know how to listen. Mm-hmm. You know how to listen, you know how to hear, you know when it's time to speak and when it's time to be silent. And I'm like, I'm working with uh, a number of different individuals. And that's one of the things that I've learned over the course of time is there are times they don't want my opinion. There are, there are times where all they want is they want to vent that they just want somebody to listen. And you have to know when that is. And you can't, you cannot pass judgment whatsoever on anything. You have to let it unfold the way it the way it's going to unfold. That makes so much sense. Uh, and just from my own experience in teaching and training as well, you can't, you can't force learning on an individual who really their greatest need is to be heard in that moment. Um, and, you know, you're like, well, but they're paying me to teach or train or mentor, you know, um, but no, they're paying for you to be on their team. <laughs> and and if that's what they need, then learning to read that room and understand and, and be willing to listen and meet them where their need is, which is a real gift. Um, I think in all the sort of helping, healing and nurturing industries, listening is definitely probably the most powerful tool of all. Well, um, thank you, Doug. This has been enormously informative. I have learned so much from you today and I'm sure my listeners have as well.